0: Amen. Thank you, Pastor Chris. How many are glad to be in the house of God this morning? Amen. Amen. Oh. It is uh, such a privilege to be here. Thanks, Pastor Aaron, so much for this invitation, and uh, we we are excited about what God wants to do in this service today. And uh, thank you, Pastor Chris. Uh, you know, you know, you in ministry. Uh, you need friends that you can identify with, but also are going to be there for you. And that's what Pastor Chris and I have had, this incredible relationship, and my wife and I with them and Britt and their kids, and uh, it's just just special to be able to have friends like that. And uh, I was even thinking about, uh, you know, when Gray was just a baby, I mean, baby, baby, and he was in the hospital, and... uh, Heather and I just went up there, and we've been in a lot of hospitals. It's really a really comfortable place for us, if you know anything about my story. So we would go up there and give them a break, and uh, uh, I, just, I just thought about that. And, uh, but God is, God is such a faithful God, and it's so good to be here. As Pastor Chris mentioned, uh, Heather and I, uh, we go here. This is our church but I'm a full-time evangelist, done it for 27 years uh, all over the world. Uh, five years before that, I was a youth pastor, so full-time ministry for 32 years. And some of you are like, wow, you started, you're, you're only 34, so you started when you were two. Wow, oh, tough crowd. Tough crowd. All those that are watching by internet right now, you know, I heard your amen, okay? Uh, But, uh, no, I'm 53, and uh, pray for me because I do have a four-year-old now. So, uh, I think God sometimes laughs at the things he's going to bless us with. You know, it's like, I'm going to bless you, but it's kind of a little joke, too. I'm not just going to give you a four-year-old. I'm going to give you Hartley as a four-year-old that is... You know, her, one of her latest things she likes to do, she said, Daddy, get down like this. And then she gets over there and runs full blast. And her desire is to knock daddy over, tackle me. And trust me, she can tackle me, okay? And, uh, but, uh, God is, God is so good and it, it, it really is a privilege and honor. And real quickly, they're going to throw up some pictures up here, uh, of one of the ministries that we do as we travel around the world. And these are the pictures of the most recent soccer salvation camp and crusade that we do. Uh, this is number 44 that we've held. And this was in Piquet, Conero, Ciara, Brazil. Now. If you can say that really quickly, say it with me, Piquet, Canero, Sierra, Brazil. Okay, that is the city, the state, and the country, obviously, and I still don't know if I'm saying it right, but hey, I'll, I'm not in Brazil right now, so y'all believe me that I'm saying it right, but this was number 44. I was there in January. There's... Well, there was me and the pastor in front of the town sign. And here is uh, this amazing uh, uh, camp that we had. We, we truly had an amazing soccer salvation camp. God called me to do these in 1998. And we've been doing them now all over the world in places like Latvia, Romania, Brazil, Haiti, Dominican Republic, Peru, Argentina, Chile, Uh, I know I'm going to forget some, uh, Honduras, Nicaragua, um, uh, Thailand, and literally we have seen so many lives uh, change, and you say, Ron, well, I mean, really, how much can a soccer ministry have as an impact for the kingdom of God? Well, let me tell you who thinks that and is worried about it, the enemy, Because the one that we did right before this, number 43, was in northern Chile, and a couple that volunteered from another town five hours away to come and be a coach for one of the team's. It was a couple, and they they drove five hours and took a week of vacation, and they came up there, and they were so excited to do this, and they were posting every day on Facebook pictures, and it was truly amazing. And what you're seeing right here, I'll continue the story in just a moment, but I wanted to point out that we gained such favor with the city of Piquet Conero and the mayor uh, and the secretary of sport that they allowed us This is in front of the church. The church is to the right, but they allowed us to take over the whole street that night and set up the crusade outside, and we literally blocked the whole street. That's a normal, very busy street, but as you can see, nobody's getting by us, okay? And uh, if you want to show the picture of when we gave them the soccer balls and the Bibles, that is the very last thing that we do, and there is nothing better to see that Not only are they taking brand new soccer balls home, which is the greatest gift they could ever imagine getting, but also the Bibles uh, written in Portuguese is what they speak there. And that's the living word of God. Greater than all of that, we give them the greatest gift of all, and that's the gift of Jesus Christ. And real quickly, to finish that story about that couple that was a coach at one of our camps in Chile, um, they, we finished up on a Friday night, and uh, they drove home. And the very next week, five days after uh, we finished up, uh, that Soccer Salvation Camp. He was back at work, and on 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 Tuesday morning, I believe, he drove, he rode on his bicycle. They lived in Santiago, Chile. Uh, and he rode his bicycle to work that morning. Well, there was a truck driver that was high on drugs, and uh, he ran over this man that had just been a coach at our Soccer Salvation Camp a few days before, literally ran over him, ran over his head, and killed him. And the reason I tell you that is, is obviously the enemy is worried about what we're doing because it's a God thing. It's a God calling and it's making a difference around the world. And you know what? We are determined not to let the sacrifices of those, the, that man and and his, his wife that is now a widow and their three grown sons go through such a tragedy. And that's why we continue on because God called us to do these all over the world and God has given us open doors that literally like this given us favor with mayors we've had favor with mayors with governors and even presidents because god is opening doors the very first one we did was managua nicaragua and the government found out what we were doing and they they gave to us for free for the very first one we did the national soccer stadium in managua nicaragua that seats 30,000 people I didn't need a 30,000 seat stadium, but God gave it to us. Amen. And and God's been reaching people all over the world uh, ever since then. Every night is a crusade. So praise God for that. I want you to stand for the reading of God's word. And uh, I, I just want you to turn to Exodus chapter 14. I know you may have to search for a while to find that book. It's the second book of the Bible if you didn't know that. Um, as you're finding Exodus chapter 14, uh, my beautiful wife is here. As I mentioned, Heather, if you don't know my wife, babe, turn around and wave to everybody. (laughs) Y'all pray for me because now she's going to kill me that I did that after service. Okay. So this will be the last time you see me alive. Okay. Uh, and sitting next to her is my brand new administrative assistant, Johanna, and uh, she's here as well. And she is going to be out there uh, by the Info Center after, after service uh, with prayer cards. Uh, and if you're interested in going on a soccer salvation camp, we take teams with us. Uh, it's, it's truly amazing. It's life-changing. And let me tell you, you don't have to know how to play soccer. I'm running the thing, and I don't play soccer, okay? So... <laughs> It's about reaching people for Jesus Christ. Many people have asked me many times, why did God choose you when you don't even play soccer, don't know how to play soccer? Trust me, I was in Peru one time at the end of a soccer salvation camp and we just played a little pickup game out there with a bunch of the adults And, 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 and I, all of a sudden, the ball was coming to me. Well, all I know is kick it. So I kicked as hard as I could. But when my foot got to the ball, the ball wasn't there. But an opposing team, remember, their shin was where I kicked. Now, before you worry about their shin, okay, don't ask me, oh, are they okay? No, they're okay. It's my foot that hit a solid bone. No joke, had to come back to the U.S. and have a surgery. And I have a screw in my left foot that reminds me every day, stick to preaching, okay? I will not become a professional soccer player, okay? Uh, uh, but, but seriously, uh, if, if you want to be uh, uh, ever, maybe think that you'd want to go on a team with us to go do a Soccer Salvation camper uh, Crusade, you can talk to her and... Uh, We'll send you to our website, ronroads.org. You can go to our Facebook for uh, our ministry or my personal one, either way, and you can get a hold of us. And also, we need prayer members. We need prayer team that if you say, you know what, I got a burden for your ministry. We want to pray. Please uh, check it out, get our prayer card, and I know that we will appreciate that very much. Exodus chapter 14 and beginning... Uh, In verse 10, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Egypt because it was so much fun being slaves for 400 years. Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Church, grab a hold of what God is saying to you through his living word right now. He is saying to people in this room, you're afraid, you're worried, you're overwhelmed, you're stressed. He's saying, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. Notice this. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Lord, what a prophetic moment that was spoken over your children. God, even today, that is a prophetic word spoken over your children standing in this room. And God, right now we ask and we pray that over these next few moments, that as we break open the bread of life, of the word of God, that you would begin to speak into hearts and lives of people that may feel so overwhelmed. Maybe they're afraid. Maybe they're worried about a diagnosis that's coming from their doctor. Maybe they're worried because they're going through a divorce maybe they're worried because life is just pounding them from all sides but lord you said stand firm do not be afraid i'm going to take care of you god today is a day of great victory today is a day that we will recognize that it is not better to go back and serve the world it is not better to go back and be under the enslavement of the egyptians representing enslaved by this world by the enemy by satan by the things of this world no lord wherever you take us you will take care of us we will not die in the desert we will go to the promised land thank you lord in advance for what you're going to do here today in jesus mighty name amen amen Amen. Amen. thank you you may be seated now uh I wanna, I just wanna jump to the part that said right there toward the end of the verses that I read. It says, the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. You know what that represents? That represents the very things that you struggle with. Is it is it an emotional healing that you, you need? Is it something that nobody else knows about? The frustration, you see, What we were dealing with here is over 400 years, the children of Israel had served as slaves to the Egyptians. And it didn't even take them very long just to get out from underneath Pharaoh. And they are now escaping Egypt. God has delivered them. And already they said, why'd you do this to us, Moses? Why'd you take us out of that great place, you know, where they whipped us and beat us, where they make us labor every day? You see, that's representing what the world, what the flesh, and what the enemy has over our lives. It's an enslavement to the things of this world. It's an enslavement to what we go through. You see, there's a lot of people that are dealing with, with emotional trauma in their lives. They deal with depression. They deal with anxiety. You see, because of my job uh, as an evangelist for 27 years now, and flying around the world, I, I, I'm up to three million miles that I've flown, and 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 you would never believe that someone that grew up so just excited to fly anywhere I could fly. I remember a buddy of mine called when we were freshmen in college and he worked at Walmart and he called me at home on a Saturday morning. And he says, hey, they're, they're, they're going to do a March of Dimes walk-a-thon in our town. And, and he says, I, I, I want to make a deal with you. See, the, the grand prize, if you raise the most money, you will win two free airplane tickets. And he says, so if I win, I'll take you. But if you win, you take me. He was genius because he knew he wasn't going to win. He knew who his friend was. He knew I had so many contacts. I worked at a convenience store. And there's nobody more loyal to your convenience store. Now, we didn't have sheets down in Oklahoma, okay? But it would be like sheets, all right? Every day, people coming in and getting their coffee or whatever, and so anyway, the point was, I, I did raise the most money ever, our whole town for that March of Dimes Walkathon, thon and I won two plane tickets. Now, it's, it's gonna date myself a little bit, but on Eastern Airline. Has anybody ever heard of Eastern Airline? Okay, you just dated yourself, too. Okay, so uh, they no longer fly, okay, just to let you know, uh, but I picked as far away as they flew, And that was Barbados, because I wanted to be on a plane, and somehow, some reason, I thought it was going to be so cool that they took five flights to get us to Barbados. (laughs) Nobody should take five flights to get to Barbados. It's in the Caribbean, for those that have no clue what I'm talking about. But that was the way I had 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 an excitement about flying. But but what you may not know is is a few years back, I I developed anxiety, panic attacks on airplanes. That's the worst place you can have them. I mean, everything inside of me says, you gotta get off. Well, you can't get off at 36,000 feet. That's just cruel. It's like, it's like, Giving you an anxiety, overwhelming, being scared. I love it when people say, Well, you should just get rid of that feeling. You should just rebuke it in Jesus' name. I do. (laughs) And I pray and I put my worship on. And I, you know, I, I am like, Whatever I have to do, and so, so this is exactly the situation that the children of Israel in—they were boxed in. They, why would somebody say, "Yeah, let me go back to 400 more years of slavery"? I mean, who would do that? But yet we see it all the time. Someone going back to the very thing they got delivered from, because it's hard. And it's easy to think, if I just go back, it'll be okay. But now we're out here in the desert, and what's going to happen to us? Can I tell you, God's the one that got them out, and so God is going to be the one to sustain them. In the same way, God saved you, and he will continue to save you. He loves you so much, and here, here they are, and they are overwhelmed. They're boxed in. The Pharaoh's armies chasing them, all the chariots. There's no way that they have an army to stand up against that. And in front of them is the Red Sea. So what do they do? They wish they could go back. But God says, through Moses, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. That is a prophetic word over people in this room right now. The, the disease that you go through, the chronic migraines that you deal with, what nobody else knows, the suicidal thoughts. Maybe it's a generational curse in your life. You see, sometimes we make assumptions. I'm gonna have you go ahead and throw up those four pictures I, I want to show you someone's spine and their, what they're dealing with because this, these pictures are going to show you on you know, the top where you see the globs of white. That is high-powered cement. When they do a kyphoplasty, when someone breaks their back and, and this person's spine was broken in four places. You go down to the bottom, and you see a double diffusion right there. There are two titanium rods, and there are six titanium screws. And as they keep going on the pictures, you're going to see that the bottom two, right there, you can see right there in the middle of this bottom screw, it's broken in half inside the vertebrae of that spine. In fact, both screws, titanium screws, the strongest metal known to mankind, broken in half inside the vertebrae of that person's spine. They even tried to do a surgery, and they got the top part of the screw out because they still have something to unscrew it with. The head's still there. But they can't get out the bottom screw. They tried. They used an easy-out tool that, that... contractors use, but it, it would not get that out. And so that person's walking around with broken titanium screw inside of their vertebrae as well. The reason why this person's spine is like that is because that person went through cancer. When he was 33 years old, he went through cancer. Then it metastasized into his lower back, and then he had to do radiation, and radiation destroys everything. And so they destroyed the bottom two disc of this spine, and that's why they had to do the double disc fusion. The reason why they're broken is because there's pressure put on them, because it takes away the natural flexibility of the spine. The reason why I tell you that is because sometimes we assume about someone that, that they they don't go through anything that you don't you sometimes we have no idea what's going on inside of somebody. You see the reason I can tell you all about that spine and show you pictures of that is because that spine is mine. I'm Literally walking around, and I know you look at me as a fine specimen of rock-hard muscles, and, and you think I work out, but no, it's all natural, OK? I do not. I only mess muscle. I work out is this one right here, OK. Uh, but the reality is is, I deal with so much pain they have had to put me to sleep over a hundred times with all the surgeries and things that they've had to do with my back trying it. and and the most recent MRIs everything from the top to the bottom and all those in between every level of my spine and the most recent MRIs shows that there is something wrong and they're telling me more surgeries, more procedures, more things in the future and you see what I want to share that for you with is because I want to tell you is that sometimes Times. you may be living with someone, you may be sitting next to someone, you may work next to someone, you may go to school next to someone and have no idea what they're going through, but you got to realize is that God has called us to be sensitive and to be helpful and encouraging to one another. And you see, just like the children of Israel, they are boxed in, they're overwhelmed, they're dealing with this, this, this idea that they're getting ready to be slaughtered out here, and this is what God says to them. There are some very key things. He says, stand firm. That's number one. This is God's answer to when the enemy chases you and tries to get you to give up. Number two, look for your deliverance from the Lord. Number three, let the Lord fight the battle. Number four, be still. And number five, move on. Now, the be still part, I want to bring you to verse 14. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Do you know what so many of us do? We stick around and we fight a battle that we were never intended to fight. If you stay, (laughs) you're going to come up against a Pharaoh's army. And there's so many people that God's saying, hey, I parted the Red Sea, get moving. He says, move on. But too many of us allow what's been in our past, the generational curse, the addictions, the bondage, the things that God is wanting to set us free completely and totally, and it pulls us back, and we're always trying to seem like we're fighting this battle until losing battle because God says, it's my fight. He said, I'm gonna fight for you. I've got it. I've got it taken care of. And oh, this Red Sea. Oh, man, because you left Egypt, children of Israel, you get to be on the front lines of one of the most amazing, unprecedented, supernatural miracles ever done on the planet Earth. And that was when he literally saved millions of Israelites by parting the Red Sea. And it wasn't instantaneous. It takes faith. And you know what? If you look at verse 15, this is what it says. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? You know what some of us do? We keep praying and asking God to do something that he's already done. And he's like, it would be like our daughter sitting in her high chair going, feed me my lunch. And we look at her and we go, feed you your lunch? We just gave you your Happy Meal. You ate it. Why do you keep asking to feed you your lunch. You already ate it. You know what God says? He's looking at us. He's like, why do you keep fighting that battle in your mind, in your spirit, in your heart? It's taking everything out of you. And you wonder why you can't get on to doing what God's called you to do. It's because we are pulled and pulled to go back. Pulled to go back to Egypt. Go back to what is easy. In our minds thinking that, that the enemy deceives us in. And God's saying, Look this way. Get your eyes off of Pharaoh's army and get it on the fact that I have just parted the Red Sea. Come on, church. God's got something to do in your life. And if you'll trust Him, you'll get to be on the front lines of a supernatural dynamic miracle as well. Because I don't know about you, but if I was one of those children of Israel and got to walk between the waters of the Red Sea, is that God parted? I ain't walking. I am jumping and going. Wow! This is so, I'm taking selfies. Okay, I'm posting those. I mean, every few minutes. Look at this! Look at this! God wants to do that in our lives, church. He doesn't want you to focus on what you've been enslaved to, what you've been overwhelmed with, what you have been, been, been taken down by the enemy and lied to every day. No, he says, man, get your eyes on what the supernatural that I'm doing and what I want to do. God has something so special planned for you. And then he says, after saying, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites, Move on, move on. You know what God's word to us today is in 2023? It's move on because you're not supposed to stay and fight that fight. You're supposed to move through what God has just done in your lives and he is gonna do something so supernatural. Your very thing, that you need to do in 2023 is quit asking to go back. I want to tell you about a little girl that she understands generational curses. Because you see, her grandmother lost all of her kids, all of her kids to the foster care. So, this little girl's grandmother was even in a witch's coven. She's an actual witch. That's not what people call it, like because that's the way she acts. No, she's actually a practicing witch. We're, we're talking about some disturbing things. So then, the grandmother. This little girl has a daughter that is the little girl's mother. So this little girl that was put in the foster care system didn't get it raised by her own mother. You would think that that would be enough, but let me tell you, it's not enough for you just to go through something that you don't like. That's unfair. There are millions of people that have went through things and they said, I'll never do that to my kid and they're the first ones to do it. Or I'll never do that. No, it, it's only if you meet God and you give your life over to God that, that that's gonna turn around. So this little girl's mother ends up the same situation. She's giving birth to six children, and she's lost all of those children as well. So this little girl, she is born as the sixth. In fact, she's born in prison because her mom was put in prison because she contributed to the death of one of her other children. So after one hour of being bored in a prison and taken away from her bio mom, she is sent home with the bio mom's sister and her boyfriend. And they were in no better shape to be raising a child than any of the others. And at two and a half months old, little tiny baby, Boyfriend, that sister, abused that little girl in such a way that he broke 10 of her ribs. I don't know what your past looks like some of you in here today that you can identify. You've been through a lot. God's saying, stand firm. It's my battle to fight. All I need you to do is be still. Move on and walk through your supernatural that I provided for you. You see, the reason I told you the story of that little girl is because that little girl is our little girl, Hartley, that was dedicated right up here. She's four years old. And She's went through more In her short life, and some will ever go in their entire life. And the great thing about it's not that she's our daughter now, it says she's gonna be raised in the house of God. She's gonna be raised to know Christ. She's gonna be raised in the Word of God and the generational curses come to a screeching halt when Jesus gets involved. Come on, I want everybody to stand with me if you would, please. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you and I praise you, Lord, that you are here today. God, you are here. Lord, it is in you and through you, Lord, that we have hope. There are some that are feeling like, Lord, they're worried about dying in the desert, but Lord, you've got the answer. You got the freedom. You got the deliverance. God I know what it's like to walk around and, and people look at you and they just assume that they know, but they don't know. They have no idea. The pain that I deal with every day of my life, how messed up my spine is. But see, it's not about what I'm going through. It's not about what I went through. It's not about what I endure. It's not what about I face. It's about who I face it with. And the reason I'm able to do what God has me doing is because... I have God, and he is my only hope, and he's my only chance, and he is my healing. He is my help in every season, no matter what it is. And, oh, God, I pray, Lord, no matter what someone may be facing here today, maybe it's a generational curse on their lives. Lord, they've been enslaved to something for years. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's an addiction that nobody else understands or knows about. But, Lord, God knows about it and he's not going to get rid of you. He's going to hold you closer. See, he doesn't push us away. You see, a father doesn't do that when he sees a child hurting. He doesn't push us away. He doesn't get rid of us. He doesn't say, I don't want you around. No, he picks you up more. He holds you closer. He does more. He speaks more into your life. That's what God does. I want you to keep your heads bowed and and your eyes closed. Just a moment. I just want to act real quickly. Who in this room says, "You know what ron this this message was for me today? the enemy's chasing me he's trying to he's trying to take me down with a disease, maybe a medical condition maybe maybe it's emotional, maybe it's uh, maybe it's something else, maybe it's in your family, maybe it's your finances. it doesn't matter whatever it is, God has a way to part the Red Sea in your life. He has a way, and he's saying, quit fighting a battle that you were never meant to fight, and you would say." You're talking to me and I need. I need to know. I need that breakthrough in my life. And you would say, Ron, you're talking to me. If that's you, raise your hand right now. Raise it, 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 raise it. Come on. Come on, I shared some very intimate details of my life today so somebody would know that you're not alone, that you're not facing this alone right now. If you just raise your hand or even if you didn't and you know that this is something that God is speaking into your life, come right now with me right here in this altar and we're going to pray for you right now. Come on, step out. All those hands that were raised right now. Come on, quickly, right now, quickly. Hurry, 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 hurry. We're out of time. Come on, come on. This is your moment. Come on. You're not in this service by accident. Come on, right now. God's gonna do something right now. God's gonna heal. God's gonna deliver. God's gonna move. God's gonna do something that only He can do. Come on, right now. This is your moment. This is your moment. Come on, prayer team, if you would come and begin to lay hands on those that are here. And, and if if there's, come on, I, I believe there's somebody else here right now. And, and, and you say, run, I, I'm scared. Come right down and you talk to me right here. I'll pray for you right now. Come on, you're not alone. You're not alone. Come on right now. Step out right now. Step out right now. Come on, this is for you. This is your moment. This is your altar. This is the time that God set this message up for you. This is your breakthrough. This is your breakthrough. This is your breakthrough. This is your breakthrough. Come on, everybody, stretch out your hand right now. There's too many people that feel alone in their pain. And they need somebody to pray with them. Come on, church, pray out loud right now. Come on. We're a Pentecostal church and we know how to pray. Come on, let's pray with a passionate prayer. Let's pray in the Holy Spirit. When we pray in the Holy Spirit, that's when we stop praying and God starts praying. His wisdom, His knowledge, His perspective. God, I pray right now for these that have come down. and, And I pray right now, Lord, that you would pour out your spirits that you would do the impossible. God, that they would feel the breakthrough that they need in their lives. God, we rebuke the lie of the enemy telling us that we cannot do something trying to lie to us that there's no victory. In the name of Jesus, we declare that we are victorious. We are victorious in Jesus' name. We're walking through the parted Red Sea onto our promised land. Today is our day of victory. Today is our moment of victory.